people to know that their lives are valuable. And this was an area, this was a population group. Even back then when I was just early 20s, that I was looking towards older adults and thinking, man, they, their lives can have meaning and purpose. And I wanna be one of those people that helps to, to bring that about in them, to point them towards those places where purpose can happen. Welcome to another edition of Engaging the Generations with Kevin Harper and myself, Sarah Greenstreet. This podcast is dedicated to having conversations about cultivating intergenerational relationships that reflect the true nature of the body of Christ, in which every generation matters, every generation is valued, and we can do life together in meaningful and purposeful ways. Today, our guest is Amy Hansen, author of Baby Boomers and Beyond, and a professor of gerontology at the University of Nebraska, Omaha. I am really excited to hear what Amy has to say personally. I'm in my 20s, and over the last couple of years, I've just been learning a lot and rethinking my perspective on aging and intergenerational relationships, and I'm just excited to see what wisdom and inspiration she has to share with us. Yeah, I am too, Sarah, and I, and I think you really will be blessed by the things that she shares. She's she's really quite a wise woman for her years, I think. So, Amy, it's so good to have you on our podcast today, and um, I'm really looking forward to the things you have to share because I know all the times that I've ever heard you speak before, read your book, or I've just been absolutely blown away. So I believe our listeners are too, but I, I want them to get to know you just a little bit. So would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself so if we kind of have a picture of who you are? Yeah. Hello, I'm Amy Hansen and glad to be here today. Um, I live in Council Bluffs, Iowa, which is right by Omaha, Nebraska, uh, with my family, three kids, and uh, I currently teach at the University of Nebraska at Omaha in the gerontology department. Um, I've taught as a part-time faculty person at different colleges for a long, long time, but have been doing this now full-time for four years and um, enjoy investing in students and uh, love this topic of aging. It's what I've done and what I'm interested in. And I still really am passionate and like opportunities to help churches and church leaders um, think about how to best, you know, really invest in the older adults in their lives. So yeah, it's a little snapshot. Yeah, that's really cool. I would say it's like really not very common to see someone in their teen years or early 20s become interested in working with older people. It's very unique. Can you tell us something about that? Like, how, how did you get so interested in the arena of aging at such an early age? So I grew up in Oklahoma and, um, you know, volunteering was important, important part of my family life. And one of the things I did, I, I really think it might've even been in like junior high, middle school. Cause I know I wasn't driving yet was, um, go through the training to be a candy striper. It used to be called that a candy striper at the hospital. I don't, they don't call it that much anymore, but it was to be a teen, you know, a teenager vol as a volunteer, they would have those. And um, we had these different kind of like rotations and, and most people chose, most of the young people chose to uh, volunteer once the training was done, delivering flowers, you know, to the new moms that had had babies. But I chose after we did these different areas to do my volunteering at what was then called like a geriatric hospital in my community, which, mm -hmm. oh my goodness, the name of that now, they would get an earful from me, but it was kind of, it was kind of like a nursing home. Um, and once a, once a week after school, I'd go spend two hours there filling up their water pitchers or whatever. So, you know, that was like a first kind of glimpse into, um, just a heart that I had for 
older adults. I also did things at my church. I remember heading up as a high schooler, the the Valentine's banquet that we put on for the older um, adults. And so when I went to college, a Christian college, I, I kind of knew I wanted to work with people. I wasn't sure in what capacity for sure. And I kind of, it was, you know, much more common, right, that I would be 19, 20, that I would be steered towards youth ministry or children's ministry. Uh, But it didn't take me very long until I was kind of already talking about, well, what about this, you know, senior adult field? And really, this is 25 plus years ago now, maybe more than that, Um, 30, almost 30 years ago, probably. And I started to talk to professors and they started letting me kind of gear my studies that way. And I began to look for internships. And for me, it was kind of each door that I went through, um, God kind of confirmed uh, just by this sort of excitement that I would have or or passion inside that, yeah, this is this is where I want to use you, Amy. This is where I want to have you invest. And, you know, I, I think one of the main things I felt like then and I still do today is is, you know, I I want people to know that their lives are valuable. And this was an area, this was a population group. Even back then when I was just early 20s, that I was looking towards older adults and thinking, man, they, their lives can have meaning and purpose. And I want to be one of those people that helps to, to bring that about in them, to point them towards those places where purpose can happen. And so I, I mean, as I journeyed along, then I just kind of kept going through those doors that were open. I looked for churches that would take a young person on their staff to work with older adults. And, um, you know, that kind of just led me into the next journey of getting to then go to, you know, conferences and interact with other people in that field. And um, I like academia. So I started studying gerontology, the study of aging more and door opened up to write a book about church leaders and older adults. So, so really my journey um, has just been one of kind of continuing to sort of follow those, those doors that God opens. And I really think that kind of passion came from him. Sometimes people ask me, did you have some kind of really great relationship with your grandparents? Were they, you know, were they really pillars? Um, And my, my grandparents were fine on both sides. Good people loved me. Um, I wouldn't say, though, that it was some kind of outstanding, uh, uh, how would I say this, necessarily even Christian influence. I mean, they they were, but that wasn't, they weren't the people that necessarily um, really invested and built into my faith. And uh, yeah, I just, I get that question a lot of the assumption that maybe I had that as grandparents. I loved them. And I think I probably wanted to see them have purpose and meaning in their life. So that may have been part of the the desire to kind of invest myself in this area. But anyway, that's a little bit about kind of the journey. Whatever it was, Amy, I mean, obviously God laid something on your heart that was just remarkable, especially for someone as young as you were in those years. And so that's, that seems to be so diametrically different. If I might say to what the cultural view of aging tends to be is, I mean, how many young people your generation, uh, Sarah, would probably say, oh, yeah, I want to be in gerontology. Um, uh, they, they'd rather be in youth ministry, you know. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the world doesn't seem to always have a real high view of aging. And yet here you are. Uh, God did something different in your in your life. Um, what do you think? is the origin of the view that you have. I mean, you use the term a biblical view of aging mm-hmm. uh, in some of the 
comments that you've made in the past and things you've written. What what is that, and how is it different from where we are culturally today? So, culture, society, we definitely don't have to look too far to recognize that there's this message, whether we see subtle, sometimes subtle, sometimes not so subtle, that younger is better, um, that that's kind of the uh, the way to go, right? I mean, there's a there's a multi billion b billion dollar industry in anti aging medicine, and you know the, all the things, coloring our hair, hiding our wrinkles, all all the things that kind of suggest that and aging isn't the preferred state. Um, and that I, that wasn't always always the case. I mean, you know, years and years ago, historically. Uh, sometimes people wanted to look old. Think about way back when and the white wigs that people would wear, right? I mean, aging wasn't always seen as such a uh, something to avoid. Um, but it definitely, you know, today it, it has those kind of ideas that, you know, the young have it all. That must mean the older losing it. So, you know, this, this more biblical view of aging, um, I think, suggests and I think you can kind of look through scripture and see it, right? That this idea that every season of life is valuable and matters to God. Um, n- not one is more important than another. And um, we see examples of people in scripture. Uh, you know, listeners can go and kind of look through at some of those. Um, you know, one of my fa- favorites would be Caleb in Joshua chapter 14, right? Where he was one of the spies that had gone in came back with Joshua, you know, 12 spies went in, 10 of them came back and said, we can't do this. We can't take the promised land. Joshua and Caleb were like, yes, we can with God on our side. Well, because the other 10 got everybody all scared. The Israelites had to wander in the desert for another 40 years. And you fast forward to that spot in Joshua 14. And, you know, it says, it says there that Caleb was 85 years old. And and (laughs) what'd you say? My hero. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and he, and that he God had made a promise to him, and instead of him saying, "Well, I probably only got a few years left," or "I've got cataracts now," or arthritis, I mean, he didn't do that. You know, God had this next thing for him, so he took that mountain, the hill country of Hebron that had been promised to him. And I, there are other examples like that. I mean, you can look at Moses, right? I like to look at Anna in Luke chapter two. Um, uh, but even passages in the Psalms, like Psalm 92, that talks about how, you know, in, in old age, we will still stay fresh and green, right? We'll flourish. Um, again, that is not usually the societal view of aging. You know, societal view is like, well, you know, somewhere after 50 or 60, you know, maybe 65, if you're lucky, then you're on your downward um, uh, back half. And uh you know, that, that isn't really, that isn't really a scriptural view. And I do think that we're, we're seeing a little bit of change in society in that mindset a little bit um, with the baby boomers. Do you Uh, You really believe that? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's having um, as much of a broad effect that I would like to see, but I do have like snippets of conversations with people who are, who are kind of asking that question, you know, it, isn't there more or isn't there something else I could be doing right now? Um, And I think that then for us as Christ followers, you know, this is a place that we can be more um, pioneers, kind of leading, leading out in, you know, this biblical view, uh, scriptural view of saying, hey, this, this, this may be your most significant 
time in life, the time when you can make the biggest um, impact. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, I said, Caleb is my hero and he really, he is one of those hero kind of characters in the Bible. And yeah, 85, I'm as vigorous as I was in 45. And it's like, uh, I know I'm, so I'm almost 75 and I'm, I'm looking at this and thinking, how does he say that? Cause I certainly don't feel as vigorous mm. as what uh, he described. And I think there are a lot of people in those years in these mid seventies, eighties, are saying, man, I just don't have the physical vigor that Caleb has. Uh, is that really realistic for me to have that kind of vigor? Uh, but do you think that's what Caleb was really saying? I mean, obviously he was saying, hey, give me the hill country. I'll go take those giants. But can we really have that kind of vigor without having the physical kind of, what is the word I'm looking yeah. for? Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, isn't it in Corinthians or somewhere where I think Corinthians or somewhere where it says, um, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Uh, And, you know, I think that's part of part of that. Right. Kind of that um, soul that is continuing to grow stronger, if you will, even if the physical body um, lessens now. I mean, you could get me started on this saying that. I mean, part of part of aging is physical decline. I mean, we gotta like, we gotta gotta just admit admit that our physical bodies, just physical piece of it, you know, is its best like in the late teens, twenties, thirties, and then because think about when the Olympics are on television or some other sporting event, and then they're they're like doing a special story on the forty year old athlete. Because it's so rare, right? Tom um, Brady, you know. Yeah, Tom Brady, right? I mean, he's this <laughs> old, exactly. Uh, and that, you know, that that's that is part of it. That's part of part of it is the physical change. So I, so I don't know. I don't know if Caleb, you know, when he was speaking of his vigor, was it the physical piece? I mean, we won't know for sure. But I think I think it was more of a mental attitude and a soul thing than it was his actual. Yeah, I, th- I think you may be right. I, I mean, I, I'm sure that he, I mean, obviously they wandered in the desert. So there was a lot of physical challenges just in doing that. He probably kept himself pretty good shape in that regard. But I do think you're right. It's probably that mental attitude. And, and you know, I, 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 I see a lot of people in my generation, those baby boomers that you were talking about earlier, who are doing everything they can to somehow at least convince themselves in some way that they're still as physically vigorous as they were in when they were in their 40s or early 50s. And they do everything, you know, they're working out, they try to dress to look, you know, like they're in, in good shape, all of those things. But it, it, do you think that is a, a fact of denial of where we really are in life? Or what's going on with that kind of thinking, do you think? So, um, Sometimes I tell the story of uh, um, Chuck Yeager breaking through the sound barrier, right? That, that you know, up until that point, people would try to do that and some of them would lose their lives. But he was the one who pushed through that, broke through the sound barrier. But but what would come with that, at least from kind of my reading and stuff, is, you know, they would get to that place and there was all this like shaking and bumping and challenge. And, and so a lot of them would pull back some lost their lives, you know, he pressed through all that shaking and bumping kind of stuff. And I think the aging experience is a little bit like that. It's a little bit 
of what you're saying, you know, um, some people are trying so hard to resist maybe some of those changes. And, you know, I, I might kind of just talk about that for a moment. You know, what are some of the, what are some of the realities? I mean, physical health does change. And so, like you're saying, some people are trying so hard to say it doesn't. And we know, oh my goodness, the research just continues to be overwhelming. But exercise, so important for us, no matter what age, but even as we get older, um, you know, so so that kind of stuff is is important for us to do. But we have to still recognize, man, our bodies, our, our lung capacity, it just declines as we get older. Our actual physical strength is not as strong. I mean, it's part of God's design that's going to move us from this life to the next eternal life with him. So there's those physical health challenges are, I do think, create that feeling of bumpiness and shakiness in people. Like, I don't want this, or is this normal, or... um uh, other other challenge or challenges, things that are kind of shaky about aging, would be just a change in roles and relationships. Uh, people, you know, we wear a lot of hats, and we may have had the role of you know parent, like active parent or wife, husband, um, neighbor, volunteer, employee, church, on and on, right? retirement and age starts to change some of those roles, right? If we're not going into the office every day, if the kids are now moved away, if we've lost our spouse or other relationships close to us, I mean, that those are big changes and transitions that would cause kind of some of that unsettling and shaking feeling. Um, so I kind of say all that to get to kind of your your point or your question, how well are people dealing with those or what are they doing to deal with those? Um, it kind of depends on the person. I mean, you're describing some that are kind yeah. of wanting to deny it, right? Yeah, I mean, right. right. I mean, and, and it's not everybody, obviously, but there's a significant part. I go to the gym and work out several times a week. And I see a lot of people in my generation out there sweating and doing everything they can to try to pump as much and press as many, much weight as they possibly can. And and it's almost like they just don't want to admit that they can't do what they did before, but somehow they're going to prove everybody wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, others are there because they really are serious about wanting to maintain a healthy uh, body and environment. Does a biblical view shape what, how we approach that? Uh, and how? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, well, to go with the denial piece, I mean, it, it, it couldn't be that I've got to stay young and I'm not going to tell people my age or how old I am. And, uh, you know, I'm going to try to do with the things I did when I was 30 or 40. Um, and I don't know that we, you know, I don't, that's again, if, if that's coming from a place of like old is a bad thing and I can't get older, then, then I do think that's not, you know, it's not really what scripture says. That's not really painting a great example for future generations either. If we see that as a bad thing, if we're seeing it as, um, I want to be a good steward of this body that God's given me. And I know that we now have increased longevity and my chances of living longer are good. And I want to, I want to be a good steward of that. Um, and so therefore I'm going to try to you know, do some of these things, strength training that's appropriate for someone my age. I'm going to walk several times a week on the treadmill or, you know, whatever it is or swim or, you know, I think that's important um, because I'm saying I want to be a good steward of of my body at this point, but not because it's like, I got to look young. I got to stay young. I'm not going to be important or relevant or valuable unless I'm young. 
then that's different. I really love that Amy emphasized how God chose to use people of all ages to accomplish his work. He didn't just choose the young spry people to fight the battles, but people like Caleb who were older. It's got to be really hard to believe you're capable of what God is asking you to as your body's starting to ache and hurt and make things harder. But just knowing that God is still choosing you for his work is encouraging and I'm sure really humbling as well. Yeah, I, I appreciated it too, Sarah. I can relate to, to some of what she was saying. <laughs> as one who's in that time of life where the reality of physical changes is no small thing. And, uh, you know, those role changes, they can be hard to process too. But but that doesn't d- justify trying to deny those realities, does it? Uh, that, you know, the other side yeah. of that is that our culture does worship youthfulness. And, and we need to be careful not to get caught up in that lie. So, you know, I kind of appreciate it. Amy's challenge to us to be good stewards of what God has given to us physically and mentally in this stage of life, whatever that is. And I'm looking forward to Amy's insights, really, in our next session, where she will be talking a little bit about retirement. And uh, I think we'll have a challenge to those like you, Sarah, who are still young in comparison to me and others in my, my age group. Yeah, yep. I'm looking forward to it, too. This reality of aging is something all of us need to understand. All of us are aging. And the question is whether we have the wisdom to prepare well for that. And I can't wait to hear Amy's thoughts on that. Um, I hope hope our listeners will want to hear as well. So join us for our next episode of Amy Hansen as she discusses the matter of rethinking our view of aging. Join us, will you? And if you have any comments or questions about this episode, you can contact Amy at amy at amyhansen.org or her website, www.amyhansen.org. We would also love to hear from you about this podcast or any of our podcasts and ideas about topics you'd like to hear for us to discuss. Until next time, on behalf of Kevin Harper, I'm Sarah Greenstreet, encouraging you to choose your life that you might effectively commend the mighty works of God generation to generation. Generation.